With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us today as we take a bit of a deep dive into the New Balance Greater Manchester Cricket League. Joining myself and Hugh from Heaton Cricket Club today is Skipper, and according to Play Cricket, longest-serving player with 168 games there, Ollie Sutcliffe. How are we doing, Ollie? Yeah, all good, guys. Good to see you, mate. Good. To see you. Hey, listen, let's get straight to it and ask the big question for Heaton Cricket Club in your league. You got promoted to the Premier League in 22. 23 was your first year, therefore, back in the top echelons. You must be extremely happy finishing third. No, 100%. It was a it was a really good season for us. And to be honest, we got through a bad start as well. We lost our first two games. So I think that was massive for us. We, we were hoping for a good start, didn't get it. But then to bounce back, I think we won seven on the bounce after that and basically got to challenge for the, for the title right to the end of the season, really. Yeah, it, was, it was a massive positive for us. It was. It was and it, any club coming into that division, I mean, some bloody good clubs and some strong teams up there, some great pros. You know, what What do you think was the, the key to Heaton's success there? I think we managed to keep a, we managed to keep reasonably the same core players in the team throughout the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. We're all familiar with each other's games. We all know the roles we play as well in that, and we've got a lot of variety with the bowling. And that's always been one of our strengths. You know, we've got from you know fast opening bowler, right arm fast opening bowler, bowler left arm, left arm spinner, right arm off spinner. We've sort of got it all from a bowling perspective, which has always massively helped us. Yeah, definitely. That sounds good. And we'll come to next year because that sounds really promising looking forward. But let's have a quick look at how the league finished then. So, Row Green won the title. It did go down to the last couple of weeks and they won the league and uh, beat Edgeworth. You guys came third and Shaw came fourth. Uh, down at the bottom, uh, Presswich and Hayside came 10th and 11th and a little bit, bit further down there. Denton St. Lawrence came in twelfth uh, place and obviously relegated there. In terms of comp- in competitiveness, Hugh, how do you find this league? Uh, well, I think it's at the top there. It seems very close. I mean, just looking at Heaton, it, I mean, it looks like you guys. It cost the abandonments cost you. Um, yeah. I don't know what the points breakdown. You know, the points are different in all leagues, but uh, you unfortunately had looked like you had five abandoned as opposed to Row Green at the top with three. So yeah. you've got the top four clubs, well, certainly the top three clubs, really, and, and that potentially was the difference rather than matches one lost uh, all the top three lost four or five and won similar amounts and it's just those abandonments you know maybe abandonments happen- happening at the wrong time that kind of thing uh, down the bottom bit of a gap yeah you've got you've got a bit of a breakaway but the, you know certainly middle and upwards it looked like a, a league where everybody could could beat anyone else 
And I think we definitely one of the wettest leagues as well. 100%. I, I was going to ask that. In terms, in terms of the weather, did you suffer in that July period in particular? Yeah, it was first half of the season we didn't miss a game and then we just lost all those five abandoned roll in the second half of the season. Yeah, it's especially rainy, Bolton, Saddleworth, we get a lot of rain. I mean, our ground's called Lower Pools, so you, so you sort of gleam how it is from the name there. Absolutely. And I think for you guys in particular, as you say, you lost the first two, you then went on a bit of a run, you then got to that middle of the season, the weather all came and, you know, it didn't work in your favour, did it? Yeah, I mean, Edwards was a prime example. We were we had them on the ropes. We needed to literally bowl three overs to beat them. We ended up bowling 17 and they got rained off. So we would have won that game easily as well. But, you know, we literally needed to get three more overs in and didn't manage it. <laughs> I mean, Edgeworth, that would be a big win against them then, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was, a, it was the first game off them in the second half of the season. So it would have been a big win for us. Hey, let, let, any... The league will come to have a look around the, the surprises that the, the clubs and players. But let's just get straight into the batters and bowlers. So let's have a look at the batters here and who stood out along uh, the Greater Manchester League there. Uh, well, mine are bone to pick. Um, they finally updated their stats. So my stats, I think, are correct. Um, you weren't going to get that in at some point, were you? I'm going to get it in straight away. There's a big caveat with these. So uh, the Great Manchester Cricket League is on Cricket HQ and then sort of retrospectively update their play cricket stats. So uh, any any errors are not yours. All the responsibility of uh, the powers that be, and <laughs> I shift no blame to my systems and myself. Um, that's disclaimer out of the way. We're looking at uh, Kevin Dalmeida, uh, 830 runs at the top, at, at an average of 46. Mm-hmm. We don't have Hegton. Um, and then Heaton's own Talaksha Malshan, is he, is he shrinking? Um, yeah, yeah. 826 runs at 55, and then Darren Crooks, Dan Shaw. Uh, is he South African? Is that, right? is that right, South African? Um, 697 runs at 49, but a strike rate of 126. So yeah, those are the top that. three. Um, and then Mohammed Moshin, who I don't think managed to play as many games as anyone else, 614 runs at um, 66 and a strike rate of 110 nearly. So, um, you know, he, he could have done with playing a few more games for Woodbank. I think he was he looked like a particularly destructive player. Yeah, most definitely. Who stands out in that top three or four for you there, Ollie? I think for, for me, obviously, you know, Tilly, Tilly's in our team. He, he finished second in that run. I think he had two less innings as well. Yeah. But, you know, he had yeah. a phenomenal season for us. He, he really did carry us in, in some games. I think we would have been nowhere near where we were you know, from a position-wise in the table without him. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, from a selfish point of view, Tilly definitely stands out. We needed him this year. Um, he came back from an injury last year as well. So, yeah, it was a big year for him. And he, yeah, he performed really strongly. I think, yeah, Darren Cruikshank from Shore as well. He's a really destructive player. I think you mentioned his stride right there. But yeah, he's very yeah. He goes from ball one, you know. We've played him before and first ball's over your head for six. So he can be a really, really destructive player. So I'd say those, those are really good outcomes. Trinidad, yeah. Tr- I've just looked, looked him up. He's, he's Trinidad, so there you go. He's not South African. Terrific, terrific player. And has that been a, a bit of a change you've seen over the last 12, 18 months in, in the league? In the Not just with Darren, but other players going at it more. You know, it's, a, it's been a bit of a theme when we've spoken to other leagues as well, Ollie. Yeah, I think it's. I think it pulls through what we're seeing in the international game as well, doesn't it? You know, people being more aggressive and it's eventually going to sort of trickle down to us at, at our level as well. And I think we are starting to see that. And that going earlier as well, um, you yeah. know, for first 10, 15 hours, definitely something we've seen. And I think with the weather in particular around Greater Manchester and the Bolton area, you probably were better going early rather than late as well, yeah. weren't you? Just getting on with it. Yeah, and the grounds are smaller as well, you know. If you compare us to Liverpool Comp, we, 
our grounds are a hell of a lot smaller. You know, you can hit, you can hit a 40, 50 meter six on some grounds. So, you know, there's a benefit there as well. It is. I, I'm well aware of the grounds around that area in particular. I mean, my, my old club many years ago, Adlington, is actually one of the bigger grounds, ironically. Yes. Um, and, and, and even that's not that big compared to, as you say, some of the Liverpool comp guys. When you come to your, I mean, your place has probably only got a 50, 60 metre boundary, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's a really small ground relative to what, yeah, what, you, what you see elsewhere. Just, just on, just on the batters there. Um, it's, I think, dominated there by overseas pros. Is, is that something that's always been the case in this? You know, is this, uh, you know, similar to the Lancashire League? You know, where a real strong overseas pro presence, you know, compared to maybe some of the other leagues we look at, where they don't have so many pros coming in. Yeah, I think it's always sort of been the case. I mean, you know, we're still relatively new as a GMCL, but when we were playing in the Bolton League, like you say, Lancashire League, there is a common theme when you generally do have top pros. Yes, yeah, stand out probably from the rest. Yeah, it's, it's it's what seven years old now the league since 2016, um, and it's it it sounds like a new league, and it looks even the website looks bright and uh, you know buzzing the full works, but there's a, there's a lot of history behind these clubs, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You were you Bolton Association of Bolton League, but beforehand, Ollie, we were, we were Bolton League, yeah, we were Bolton League back in the day, so back in the day, yeah. And, and it, it, if you look back now, you know, you, you're a, a veteran at 28, as you said to me earlier. If you look back now, do you see the benefits of what's happened in bringing the GMCL together? Yeah, and I think I, I think you're starting to see it more and more now. We had, you know, we've had clubs that joined last year, so the likes of Horwich and West Orton. Obviously, you know, two of those clubs coming into the Premier League next year. I'm starting to see with the additions that we've had. You know, consistently over the last seven years, the league's got stronger and stronger each year. And I think next year mm-hmm. probably will be the most competitive it's ever been. And I think we're starting to yeah. get a little bit more settled in terms of the structure, in terms of the clubs yeah, at the top. Most definitely. Hey, let's have a look at the bowlers then, Hugh. Let's have, who's been the highlights there? Well, it's Adnan Gauss. He's stood out and he stood out all season. Uh, once they updated the stats, um, but he's always been up there consistently. Finished with 66 wickets, which I think was second in the country in terms of wickets wow. taken, and ter- certainly top for a quick. So he's he's been uh, terrific all season long. Uh, 21 games, 66 wickets at 10, bowling economy of 3.12. So you know, a terrific performance then. And then Andy Hoff uh, was second there, 52 wickets at 10.6, a similar economy. Uh, and Jamel Warwick and left arm spinner. From the West Indies, I think 46 wickets at nine. So, um, you know, those are the top three. But, I mean, Adnan really, you know, a long way ahead there and, and obviously a long way ahead of virtually everyone in the country. Yeah, I mean, what, what's the difference there with Adnan in, in that league, Ollie, for you? Because most of the leagues we've looked at so far, spinners have been right at the top echelons. And Adnan stands out yeah, there. I think sort of going back to what we mentioned before a little bit um, in terms of the weather, generally wetter, Pitches are greener. He's, he's a bowler that can bowl extremely fast, and he's he's about six foot six, six foot seven. And you're playing on a green seam, he's going to be a handful. Yeah, he, he's yeah, a massive yeah. standout this year, hundred percent. I've got to ask the question: Did he get you out this year? He got me out this year. Yeah, yeah. I can see the PTSD on your face yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was that a wet day or a dry day, though? That was that was the one. The game that got rained off. All um, oh, right. Yeah, there you go. Again, a wet day. Yeah, no wonder there's PTSD on that one without a shadow then. Have you found that the league has been more for those fast bowlers more and more, or is it still been a very heavy spinning area, hasn't it? What's been happening over the past few years? I think you don't win the league unless you've got a quality spinner as well. Mm. I think Ro Green with Andy Hoff there, you mentioned him before. But, you know, Ro Green have got three really quality left-arm spinners. If you've got three good left-arm spinners in your team, you've got to finish up there. 
Is is the word greedy come to mind there? I mean, three of them. Exactly, yeah. I think it's a, it is a little bit greedy, 100%. It is, and it's wherever we've looked around the leagues around the country, literally from as far north as you get all the way down to as far south, that left-arm spinner again, Hugh, makes all the difference, doesn't it? Well, it seems to be, and having three you'd think they're going to struggle to keep hold of all three. Um, I mean, they are the number one commodity in Premier League cricket, I would say. You know, we had the teams at the Liverpool comp building their building their sides around that, you know, bringing um, that overseas pro in left arm spin and building their teams around that. So it's, yeah, it's certainly a commodity. So to have three and to flaunt them in front of the rest of the league, you know, is uh, is a temptation for anyone else to get the checkbook out, I suppose. It is, it is without a shadow, definitely. Tell us, during the season, you know, there must have been some surprises for you. You know, be, Being back in the Premier League yourself, Ollie, was there any clubs that surprised your players in particular that we might not have mentioned that just thought that they're really interested to keep an eye out in the future? I think sort of standout performance for me. One that you didn't mention, there's a guy who plays for Denton West. He bats eight, he's called Liam Kilburn. He hits a ball like I've never seen anyone hit a ball before. He played Edgeworth the week before he played us. He won the game for them. He, I think he got 100 off 40-odd balls, batting at eight. And he came in at nine against us the week after. I think we had them 70 for eight. And he, he hit 96 in about 40 balls again. And I'm, honestly, I've not seen hitting like it. Didn't matter where you bowl it, short, full, it went for six over the head. He's in my notes here, actually, my, my preparation notes. Liam Kilburn, Denton West, 407 runs at 31. Strike rate of 180, which is the highest in the country with five innings or more. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's not just good in your league, he's he's good nationally. I think he generally batted seven, but like I say, down the order a few times. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic performance. I mean, to average 31 striking at 180, I mean, that's just T20, yeah. T20 numbers. And any T20 team is going to snap him up if, if you were producing those numbers, your IPL numbers, aren't they? Yeah, I think those numbers came down as well as the season went on. I think after that game I mentioned, I think it was strike rate of two forty and he was wow. averaging sixty. Was... <laughs> yeah, I think he got I think he got a low score. Certainly in the last game, I think he got a low score. Will they keep him though for next season? I think so. I think he's a I think he's a local local lad, so yeah, mm. I can't see him moving. But yeah, he was it was unusual because you know you get you get a team seven or eight down, and you you think we're gonna get through them, you don't expect to get hit for another hundred and twenty runs in ten overs. I don't know much about him. Is he is he is he uh, like, I'm looking at Lancashire under nineteen, is that no, maybe not. Has he has he had any rep honours at all? I'm not not sure, to be honest. Mm, not yeah. sure. Be worth. I mean that that's the kind of player that the you know NCAA team T20 sides would be loving. You know if they could yeah. pick somebody like him up, especially if he's not in the Lancashire setup. You know as one of their sort of three three uh, overseas or whatever. Outsiders, I think is that they what they call that's the official term. outsiders? Yeah. Definitely. Well, in in terms of the clubs who are going down and obviously. Um, the clubs are coming up. Was there any surprises for you there, Ollie? I think, yeah, Presswich is obvi- the obvious one, I think. You know, they've been so dominant in the league over the last three or four years. You know, they've won it multiple times. I think that was a real shock. And, you know, and they won the Cup as well. You know, they yeah. beat Rob Green in the final, so well, I think that, that was the biggest surprise, I think, in, in the mm-hmm. whole league. I think everyone would agree with that one. And in terms of the clubs that are coming up, who, who are you looking forward to having to go up against next year? I think, you know, Bradshaw and West Holland, you know, they're obviously, they've come from the Bolton League as well. Yeah. So, you know, we've got history with those guys. Um, yeah. West Holland, we've not played them for a, for a long time, you know, since we were back in the Bolton League. We obviously played Bradshaw the year before. We had a great rivalry against them as well. So, like like I said, I think next year will be be a real real challenge. There's some really good clubs that have come up from that. Not yeah. it, don't worry, it's 32 years since I played against West Orton, so that's actually longer than you've been on this earth, remember. So there's a hell of a lot. Would, would you think Horridge and I were disappointed not to come up? Because that would have been the big one to come up for you guys, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, I think I think they'd, they'd be disappointed. But again, I think I think it just goes back to how competitive that league was below us last year. You know, they had, like you say, West Horton, Bradshaw, and Horwich that could have all gone up. It was just vying for that that, that third space. Flixton started really well. They've got a really strong side. So yeah. I think that league was always going to be really competitive and there was always going to be someone that was disappointed to miss out. Definitely. It's the equivalent of the championship in football, isn't it? The easiest league to fall into and the hardest league to get out of without a shadow. Tell us about the overseas players in in the league, uh, Hugh. Is there anyone in particular stood out for you and Ollie? Well, it's hard for me to pluck the overseas out just from the stats, though. Um, and there's, but there does seem Ollie, Ollie can do it for us. Yeah, so I, if Ollie's probably the better better one to name the overseas jumping out from the ones he's played against. I mean, just using, I think you mentioned it before, but Jamal Warrickham. So the week before we played, I think a couple of weeks um, when we played them, before that he was he literally bowled Rohit Sharma in a Test match at, in, in the West Indies. Wow. So you know, I think he got three for three for ninety against against India in Fantastic. in the West Indies. Flew back and then we were playing against him two weeks later. So you know that that goes to show the, the sort of standard that you know that's out there. And that's probably a standout for us. You sort of thinking, well, you know, he bowled Rohit Sharma a couple of weeks ago, and now I'm yeah. playing against him. I'm not training for two weeks because of the rain. Brilliant, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's had a nice little holiday out in the West Indies, playing a bit of cricket and bowling at Rohit Sharma. Fair comp. Yeah, if you can do it, you can do it, can't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fly back, fly back for a game against Heaton. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to say anything about that because I've, I've got friends up there, obviously as well. So, what is there anyone who's emerging in terms of the overseas guys that you're seeing, thinking I've got to watch them? Are they coming back next year? Sort of new. I mean, again, you mentioned Kevin who uh, Edgerton. I think he was he was a standout performer, really. Um, yeah. Probably got off to a bit of a slow start as well, but you know, made up for it. Um, yeah. You know, he, he performed really, really well. I think a big watch out for us is our, our pro next year. Um, you know, we, we've got him back. So it was, and Julie got selected for Sloan Cray. Wow. So we didn't, weren't able to get him for, for last year, but he, he's coming back this year. And he, he was a, he was a game changer for us when he was, when he was with us. So I think having him back will be really, really good for us next year. What about the all-rounders then, Hugh, in this league? So at Heaton, we've got the Daluga, Daluguda, I've got Amal and Aveen. Yeah. Is that a family affair there? Is that is, is that father and son? It is, yeah. Yeah, Aveen. Fantastic. Oh, that's brilliant. Because I, I looked up Amal, and he's, I think, he played in Sri Lanka, and then, obviously, there was a younger a younger named version, so it's lovely to see father and son doing so well, but they popped up on my wickets charts, both of them leading the league in uh, wickets taken in a match mm. with seven. So Amal with seven for 24 against Presswich and uh, Aveen at seven for 26 against Denton. Yeah, a bit of a rivalry there. Uh, Amal again, the left arm spinner. Yeah, what's, uh, what's Aveen do? He's, he's a right arm. He's a offy right arm. Right. So <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. He's only 14 as well. He's 14. He's 14, yeah. Wow. Okay, that's one to watch then. <laughs> Okay, Hugh. Should we add? That? Yeah, we'll add that to the one to watch list, shall we, Hugh? Absolutely, fantastic. Well, that's that's brilliant, brilliant. So you literally can have his left arm spinner father at one end and the fourteen-year-old right arm offy at the other. Fantastic. Oh, so just onto the all-rounders then. So Darren Crookshanks topped the all-rounders list: six hundred ninety-seven runs at forty-nine, forty-two wickets at uh, where are we? Seventeen, uh, and then Adnan. He's in the all-rounders, but you know, runs and wickets sort of counts. Yeah. So I think just because he purely got so many. Wickets, he pops up there, 115 runs at 11. And then Mohammed Mushin, uh, 668 runs and uh, 34 wickets. It seems to me that the batters also bowled. There's been a, the overseas really doing doing well 
in this league in, in all areas. Most definitely. And you, is, is that a key for you when it comes to looking at the squad for next year, Ollie? All-rounders and people who can do more than one job? I think so, definitely. Especially when you're looking at overseas as well. I think it helps massively strengthen your team if they can do both. Like you say, especially if they're a spinner, they can, you can get 15 overs out of them and they bat four. It's a, it's a luxury. Yeah, you want to get your money's worth, don't you, with these overseas guys without a shadow? Definitely. And it's just something that we've always, always been very keen on around the country to see you know, who's going after who. Um, and it's interesting watching some of the transfers coming through right now. And I think you've already pointed it out. One of the things I've found really interesting is the amount of clubs who wanted to re-sign their pro as soon as possible because then you, you're sorted then. You haven't got to worry th- for the winter. Yeah, no, it's the security as well, isn't it? You, you sort of want to get that sorted, penciled in. Don't have to be sort of scrambling around in March. Uh, yeah, the, there's, always a, there's always a rumour, mill of who is scrambling around in February and March, isn't there, without yeah, a shadow? Definitely. Hey, tell us, in terms of during the season, was there, was there anything... Yeah, we, we have to ask the question, the obvious one. Is there anything that stood out for you in terms of, oh, bloody hell, that was funny? Um, anything that happened on or off the pitch, which we're not allowed to talk about half the time, but is there anything you know, around Heaton in particular that you can remember that was like, that was a day? I mean, there's a there's a couple that spring to mind, but it's uh, sort of the usual shenanigans, I think. I think a couple. You are allowed to throw people under the bus. Yeah, well, we, we've got a, a lad in our team, Sam Olalumi, he's sort of, I call him a utility player. I think he's, he's a specialist fielder. Just loves loves feeling, but you know, there's been a couple times, couple times during the year where we've had to knock on his door. He only lives up the road, so about ten minutes before the start, you know, he's answered the door in his boxer shorts, looking yet all surprised. Like the game starting in ten minutes, what are you doing? So I think, and I go back to there's a great book called Herding Cats by Charlie Campbell about cricket amateur cricket captaincy. I don't know if you've read it, but I think that very much sums the job up from an um, amateur cricket perspective. Sometimes it is like herding cats, getting people there on time and scrambling around last minute for players when someone's dropping out on a Friday. You know, it, it is hard work. Well, I've got I've got his stats here: five innings, one run, strike rate of nine, average of 0.25. So, I mean, that is specialist fielder yeah. material right there. And on, what, what was his high score? One. I think, he, I think he got four ducks, but he keeps telling me he can bat. So uh, He's still being picked. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, you're, yeah. Yeah, you're the one picking him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Still, I, think, I think, you know, cl- uh, club cricket is, is fueled by people like him. So, uh, absolutely good on him. He actually took the best catch this season that I've ever seen as well um, in the T20 against Bradshaw. Literally full length on the Brilliant. boundary. It was unbelievable Brilliant. catch. Match winning catch as well. So. And did he stand there yeah. and show you his boxer shorts afterwards and say, "There you go, I can do that." I think he would have done. Yeah, <laughs> every club's got one. There's absolutely no question. Every single club's got one. They are the lifeblood of recreational cricket. But at the same time, we all need them. Uh, you know, it, it, these players don't grow on trees, do they? No, you just want to keep people in the game. Full stop. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, tell us. Looking forward to next season, Ollie. I mean, squad wise, are you? reasonably comfortable with what you've got at Heaton or are you looking to make some acquisitions without naming names? I think, you know, we will potentially look at adding where we can. I think if you look at the stats last year, we're probably a little bit short of the batting. We're very reliant on Tilly. Mm-hmm. I think we'd want to be in a position next year when we weren't as reliant on him, mm-hmm. whether that's me me getting more runs or Joe Ball, for example. But I think, you know, like I, like I talked about before, the addition of Anjula as pro coming back for us, you know, who we had a couple of years ago, I think that'll be a massive addition. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a quick opening bowler and he, and he just smashes it around the park as well. So I think having him back will be massively valuable for the balance of the side as well. In terms of your own sort of prospects as a club, you came third on this you know, return to the Premier League. You must be looking at a getting to the very top or at least a cup win. Yeah, I think you know we'll we'll have a run in the the Lanks knockout as well this year. I think that'll be a good challenge for us. 
I can't remember the last time. I don't think I've ever played in that since I've been at really? Eton. It's been a long time that I've been in that competition before. So I think that'll be a really good challenge yeah. for us this year. So I look forward to that. But yeah, I think we'll just try and improve on what we've done this year. I think that's all we can do. Well, you weren't far off. Yeah, weren't far off. And like I said, I think the league will be more competitive this year. You know, I've seen some of the signings on, on Twitter of some clubs. You know, people look like they're strengthening. You know, hopefully we'll do the same. But like I said, it's it's going to be really close. Leave it year. to the chairman in the deep pockets and see what they can get out of that social club. Is what I say. That's my captaincy style. Don't get involved with with the sort of player transfer. But yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Totally with you. Hey, thanks for talking about the Greater Manchester League, Ollie. It's been absolutely fantastic, and uh, we'll keep in touch forward to catching up with you during the season, mate. Sounds good. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Ollie. All the best, Ollie. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Premier League Cricket Show. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes and stay updated on all the latest news, views and discussions from around the cricket Premier Leagues. And be sure to follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram at TPL Cricket Show on both. Join the conversation, share your thoughts and connect with us and your fellow Premier League cricket fans. And hey, if you enjoyed the show, why not show us some love Leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast platform as it helps other potential listeners to find us when they're searching for cricketing podcasts. Thanks again for being part of the Premier League Cricket Show family and until next time, have a good one. Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.